Tunes. Arsenio Hall is chunky, eh? You make me say ow, Oh, 
Oh, yeah, yeah. And you're listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and the Nardwarda Human Serviette Radio Show. You just heard right there, Arsenio Hall is Chunky A with Owl from 1989. Uh, I'm sorry that we couldn't have played you his version of the fine young cannibals she drives me crazy that paul Devereux suggested that we play unfortunately it wasn't actually on this 12 inch single put out by arsenio hall in 1989 that's arsenio hall is chunky a with ow 
today on the Nardwari Human Serviette Radio Show, an interview with Chromio from Montreal, Quebec. Let's go back now to 1982 from 1989 with Vancouver's Moral Lepers.
You're still listening to CITR FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and the Nardwar to Human Serviette Radio Show. You just heard by request the Vile Tones with Danger Boy from Toronto, Ontario. And I guess the reason Vile Tones was played was because before that we played some BB Gabor with Laser Love, also from Ontario. So if you mention Ontario, you have to play the Vile Tones. So thank you, caller, for phoning up and requesting the Vile Tones. We're the Vile Tones, Danger Boy, BB Gabor, Laser Love, the Moral Lepers from Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, 1982, with Suicide. Coming up, an interview with Chromio. But first... Here are the Rhinoceros Ensemble assembled for you with Apricot Brandy.
you're still still listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. You just heard right there, the Pipkins with Gimme Dat Ding, and before that, Rhinoceros with Apricot Brandy. Coming up, an interview with Chromio from Montreal, Quebec. To prepare you for Chromio, I thought I would play Rick James, their idol, who also has a song called Call Me, just like Chromio have a song called Call Me. Here's Rick James with Call Me, and right after that, Chromio!
Dave from Chromio. And Dave, who else is in Chromio? Look on your left. On your right, on my left. P-Thug. From? Chromio. Welcome to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Thank you. Chromio, I would like to begin by telling you guys a joke. <laughs> Go ahead. Are you familiar with the comedian Neil Hamburger at all? Nope. Neil Hamburger has a joke that goes as follows. Why did the farmer become a punk rocker? <laughs> I don't know. You're holding it a little bit close to my face. Move back. There you go. I don't know. Because he was tired of hauling oats. Oh, great. <laughs> Terrific. Paboom, you're back. Further back. Thanks. Now, what do you think, Dave, about hauling oats? You guys can never tire of hauling oats, can you? Yeah, they're, they're our heroes. They're probably, like, one of the biggest influences uh, on our band. And uh, to us, they're geniuses. Uh, not to us. Objectively, they're geniuses of, of, song, of pop songwriting. Because this farmer was tired of hauling oats, so he became a punk rocker. You guys are going backwards, aren't you, P-Thug? Now you're going right back to the hauling oats. Right back to that era, man. Right back to the roots. Oh, yeah. And you're on first-name basis with them. We're the farmers of funk. The Farmers of Funk from Chromie. Oh. And you're on a first-name basis with Hall & Oates now? You could say that. Like, when you address them, do you say Mr. Hall, Mr. Oates, or do you go Hall & Oates? Like, how do you address Hall & Oates? Our manager is on a first-name basis with John. And I'm on a first-name basis with Dave and... P. Th. G. From Chromie. Oh. From Chromie. Why are you afraid of the mic, Dave? Just wondering. Is this? I just don't like it so close. Yeah, just do it like that. Your breath is a little funny, so is this, you just want to move back a little. Thank you. Only the best for Chromio. <laughs> now, there are a few other things that you don't like, Dave, isn't there? No. Dave from Chromio, I thought you guys, you don't like this. What's wrong with oh, going like yeah. this? What is this? Could you demonstrate? What is that? I'm too cold to demonstrate it, but uh, yeah, actually, you're right. You're right. Um... We just don't like uh, the lack of kind of proper dancing. You know, we wanted to come... We kind of noticed that a lot of kids at our shows were doing that movement that you kind of sort of did. And, uh, and we wanted to ban it. And so that's why our new album is called Fancy Footwork. It's to place the emphasis on the feet rather than on the fist. What about your footwork there, P-Thug? Uh, Can you bust out any for us right now? Not now, but... They say it's great. And so you don't like that either, do you? No, no. Well, actually, no. You're doing what you're doing is like the Arsenio Hall thing. That's great. Yeah. If they were doing that, that was great. That'd be great. We just weren't crazy about this, but we've got, we're cool with it now. It was just a statement. Now, Chromio are all about aesthetics, aren't they? Of course. You know, looking good in the Chromio. Yeah, but I mean, I don't. I don't think I feel there's substance behind it. If it was just um. Aesthetics-based, it would be kind of a, a novelty band. But you mentioned Arsenio Hall. Like, you reference a lot of pop culture, don't you guys? Like, you're not afraid to reach back into the past, are you, Dave? No, we're brought up on that. And speaking of being brought up, is this...
is basically, this record right here, the template for Chromio, if you could hold this for a second. The Video Hits album. I grew up, man, that's cool. Like, I grew up watching that. Yeah, what can you tell the people about this particular show, and how did this influence Chromio? I think P wasn't even in Canada at the time. I think P hadn't even immigrated to Canada at the time. No. What can you tell P about the video hits? This was basically, I think this was, this was before Much Music, if I'm not mistaken, or like around the time where Much Music just started. And I used to go, um, I lived in Ottawa for like a couple of years as a kid, like grade one and grade two. And when I came home from school, I just used to watch this show. And that's where, like, I discovered, like, Prince and, and Hall and & Oates, as a matter of fact, and, like, Platinum Blonde, Duran Duran. And a lot of those videos were really outrageous. You know, they were really kind of... Like, there's a video of Tom Petty where he's, like, swimming in a coffee cup and hanging on to a giant donut. And, you know, the Prince when the Doves Cry video. Um, Money for Nothing, that one. I mean, all these kind of really iconic... 80s videos I discovered on this show and I guess it, it really kind of left a mark because when we started doing um, Chromio a lot of that kind of era just came back to my mind and I, I wanted to channel it into this new band we had started So you should go looking for Samantha Taylor maybe she can come to one of your gigs Maybe Chromie? Oh. Now Dave from Chromio and P-Thug from Chromio have you guys actually met Kanye West? Have you got an audience with Kanye West at all? Uh, we met him a couple of times, yeah. Because your brother is the DJ, A-Track, for Kanye West. Yeah, I met him a bunch of times. Now, is there any beef between Chromio and Kanye West? And I mention this because Kanye has beef between other members of your record label and himself. The band Justice, he's not too big fans of. Nah, he's super, he's really good friends with him. But then didn't that weird incident happen at the MTV Music Awards in Europe where like, he was like upset that Justice won? What was that all about? I mean, I, I don't do, you know, that's not really relevant, but it's, not, it's no beef. He's actually a huge fan of their music, so everybody really gets along. As a matter of fact, the dude that uh, does Justice's artwork and videos just did Kanye's new video. So what happened there? It was some weird incident, wasn't it? Yeah, just read it on the blog. So I was curious, Chromio, when somebody like Kanye West, you know, hears your music and stuff like that, how does he react? What does Kanye West think of Chromio? Like, has he heard you guys? What does he think? Uh, I think this interview is about Chromio. I mean, he, he actually really... My brother plays him all our stuff, and he likes it, apparently. And um, I know he's showing the, the Needy Girl video to a bunch of people for a while, so, you know... It, we can't really speak on other people. Like I guess I was just wondering the reaction, because when you move up to that level, you know, the superstars and stuff, I've always wondered, what would happen if, like, Snoop Doggy Dog walked into a cool record store? Would he go, cool record store? No, he'd probably go, how much to buy it? You know, like, the reaction from some of the bigger stars. I was just wondering if what the reaction was. What did Kanye West, like, some cool comment that he shot off or anything like that? No, no, it's just, it's, it's just res you know, respect, I guess, mutual respect or whatever. And I mentioned that, Dave, too, because going back into your history you were on a compilation called super rapping at one time um i wasn't the group i was producing was which is I mean, pretty amazing yes yeah. on that compilation the biz was on there the biz marquee yeah, yeah i mean a bunch of other people that was like one of the biggest compilations for underground hip-hop and um and you know i was producing hip-hop before i did chromio actually p was helping me a lot with that too and my brother was involved and we were just hip-hop producers we knew nothing about electronic music yeah. Just being on that compilation of Super Rappin' with Biz, that is pretty cool. Just that name, Super Rappin', and having Biz on there, that's incredible. Fun stuff. And then you guys also working beats for the Brand Van, man. Bring in the Brand Van. Actually, we didn't really do that. I did um, a remix for Drinking in L.A. 
Yeah, you got to get their facts straight. But that's they a definitive me, brand fan. They told me you like you were like the expert of getting all the facts right. That's what they told me. They said like he was going to do all this research and get all these like really good factoids on you. So I was looking forward to it, but you're a little off point. Well, that's how I learn stuff. I learn stuff by asking the inaccuracies you point me out. And in the next interview I do, not necessarily with Chromio, say with Kanye West, then I'm able to point it out. Anyway. Like, teach me, teach me Chromio. Um, we did, I did uh, a remix for like the first Brand Van uh, single. And actually, I don't even know if it, there was a version of that video that had like my little brother scratching at the beginning too. And, uh, you know, we were just, like, cool with those guys. And it was, like, one of my first kind of, you know, remix things when I was producing hip-hop. So, yeah, it was cool. I was, like, 19, you know? Chromio, are you guys into cubicle rock? The cubicle rock? What does that mean? Is that office party rock? Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, that's, um, we are. We're into anything cubicle. Anything, like, off, anything that could get played at an office party or a bar mitzvah, we're really fans of. Our new single, uh, Bonafide Lovin', is like a straight-up cubicle funk song. That's a great genre. I love it. The cubicle rock. Yeah. We call it water cooler. Water cooler rock. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's even better. Yeah, same, same idea. So when Chromio are traveling the world, what sort of food are you indulging into? Like in England, I heard you guys were into the cheese and onions? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cheese and onion sandwich, prawn cocktail sandwich, yeah. you know. Indian food, of course, in England. Pickled onion monster munch. What uh, the other places? Juice, you know. Oh, yeah, Ribena. Ribena is important. Don't they have that in Canada? I don't know. What about when you come to Canada? What are you looking forward to in Vancouver? I think you've hung out at the NOM, haven't you, Dave? No, what's that? The all-night vegetarian 24-hour restaurant in Vancouver? No, we're, we, we don't do vegetarianism. No vegetarian. Uh. So what are the delicacies you might look for in Vancouver, you've heard of, that you might indulge in? We don't really know. We don't really know. What about on this past little tour? What have you had that's been good to eat? I mean, there's the cheese, the rabina, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Japan was crazy. The food's the best in Japan. That's our favorite. What sort of stuff were you offered? Was there a good deli tray backstage, or did you have to go out after the gig? Uh, in Japan? Um, you go out. Yeah, yeah you go <laughs> We got to the hotel, and we were like, where's a really good restaurant? And the woman at the hotel was like, I can recommend you to George Bush's favorite restaurant. <laughs> so we're like, all right, let's go there. <laughs> was it full of beef? What was it like? Right. It was the bomb. <laughs> absolute Kravitz. What is absolute Kravitz? Um, I guess it's this thing we did uh, last year or two years ago, a remix for, you know, a song that Lenny Kravitz did for Absolute Vodka. What's that like, getting a Lenny Kravitz tune? And did you think about vodka when you remixed it? We thought about the check, homie. That's our only. That's the motivation right there. But was there anything neat though on the tracks when you were like remixing? Did you find some stuff that wasn't used? Did you add much? We didn't. We didn't use any of the elements aside from the vocal. But it was cool. It was a cool little track or whatever. And um, I don't even remember what ours sounds like, but I was quite happy with it. You know, it was between albums, so we're just trying out different things. And then when we really got focused on working on this new album, it was like. We're in a different space altogether, you know? That was a cool little thing to do. Chromio, I have a quote here from 365 Magazine, and it is talking about Chromio. So this is 365 Magazine. That is, uh, what's, what is 365? Talking about Chromio, and it says, and I quote, I hate, this is an interview with a guy in 365 Magazine, I hate some of their music. Who said that? Tiga. 
Tiga said that about who? You. I doubt it. Yes, your own record label guy, Tiga, said, quote, I hate some of their music. And then he continued on to say, and then there are parts in their songs that I always bug them about. Um, I don't know. Maybe. I don't, I mean. Like, why would Tiga bug you about parts in your songs? He never bugged us about anything. Because this is from 365 Magazine. This is like your own record label guy. What's it like dealing with Tiga? What's Tiga like? He's an all right dude. Yeah, that's our man. Like, you know, we just, we we don't really play him much stuff aside from when, like, the album is done. And, you know, we just go over it together. But, uh... So what are the difference? Like, what are the parts that might be confusing for somebody like Tiga? Like, what's the difference between Tiga and Chromio? Really no, like, I don't, you know... We kind of have a policy that we don't really talk about other men except from us or Holland Notes or like Rick James. What about other men that approach you? Don't you guys have like a bro down after gigs? What's a bro down? I don't know. A bro down. <laughs> I don't know, man. You guys have referred to this in the past, a bro down, where people come up to you after your gigs and want to identify and ask you questions and stuff. Like a bro down. What's a bro down? I mean... I guess it's just like a friendship ritual with, with the homies, which is cool, but that's not really us talking about other dudes. But it's other dudes confiding in Chromio, like asking yeah. for advice and yeah. stuff. Is that a bro? What, what is a bro down? I, I saw you refer to that. Yeah, I don't really know what you're talking about, but whatever you said was kind of good. It was kind of. It was like after gigs and stuff like that, the people would come up to you and ask you stuff and you talk to them. Yeah. Yeah, when, when we get time, you know, we hang out with the, with the fans and we just. We're there, you know? Well, thank you for your time. I appreciate it. Uh, winding up here with Chromie. Oh, let's do a bro down. We'll do a bro down staple here. The pound. That's like a big bro down element. Put your fist up. Okay. Oh. You gotta put it like this. Okay. 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 Well, okay, I'll put this. I'll put my notes down here for a moment. Okay. Go. All right, now just go against mine. Like no, what is this again? This is the pound. This is like a, a key element of the bro down. If, you, if anybody watches um, Curb Your Enthusiasm, you notice that Larry and Richard Lewis, they actually do that. So here's like a, a kind of the, the ending or the very beginning phase of the bro down. All right, you ready? Just go. Yes. Let's do like this. That's it. We're bros now. Like that, eh? I don't know. <laughs> the bro down. And winding up here, Chromio, what is the bro code? Ah, uh, the bro code. That's important. The bro code is um, that, let's say, well, it's, the bro code is a sense, it's a series of unwritten rules that good male friends abide by with each other. So, for instance, uh, sleeping with your friend's girlfriend, that would be a violation of the bro code. I've heard of bands that actually, that happened a lot in it, um, in, in those bands, but... Like the Ramones. I don't know. Like I told you, we don't talk about other guys, but, uh, except for Hollow Notes and Rick James. But, uh, yeah, like the bro code is just, you know, it's a set of these unwritten rules that you respect when you're good homies. Um... So, you know, if, say, like, I was in a band with somebody and we were just, like, after the same girl, the bro code would, would um, tell us to both back off so as to avoid a potential conflict between us because it's always um, bros before, I'm not going to say the other word that rhymes, but that's what it is. That's the bro code. Anything to add to that at all, P-Thug? Uh, you don't snitch on your boy when yeah. he's got a girl and, you know, 
something happens on tour, you don't snitch. That's breaking the bro code, you know. It's it's a little bit frat dude esque, um, and I. <laughs> Um, actually, the the way we kind of brought it up was a very long winding story that I'm not gonna that I'm not gonna get into here. But I had some friends in France that we worked on music with that had no idea what the gro the bro code existed that that about it, and they just didn't know what it was. And so I was like school them on you know bro code principles when we were mixing our album, and that's kind of that how that came to the fore. Now speaking of frats and stuff like that, Dave, you are a teacher at Columbia. Yeah, we don't talk about that. But I was curious, though. The primal scream. I heard that they have a primal scream at Columbia, that at midnight all the students go, ow, ow, I don't know. You don't know nothing about that? No. How about the men on campus, the hot guys on campus at Columbia? Spike Lee has been spotted on campus. And I guess I was wondering, what sort of celebs have you guys encountered when you've been out there rocking and rolling? I've never been to Columbia. But just there at the general gigs and stuff like that. Have you encountered any of that at all, Dave? Um, not really, man. It's been pretty low-key, kind of. But what about the fame that is coming for Chromio? Because there's some interesting fame that's arisen. We don't really... If there is, we're not fully aware of it. Like, we're not... Yeah, we're not really fully aware of it. We're, we're, still, we're still kind of... Uh, pushing along and just working along and, and kind of doing our thing like we're not really you know how about being scrutinized you guys ever feel like you're being scrutinized never ever i have a quote here and this is from a message board and it says does anyone know the brand of flannel shirt dave one is wearing on the mtv commercials <laughs> that's cool So you're wearing a flannel shirt? Yeah. What type of flannel shirt was it? What brand was it? I'm not going to say. The kid's got to do his homework. He'll find out. I thought that was pretty neat that the guy's looking at, like, your flannel shirt. Yeah. It's, a hot, it's a great shirt. Have you had any other instances of like that where people have paid attention to stuff that you didn't think that they would pay attention to? Maybe. I just don't remember. I don't really remember, but maybe. Yeah. When Chromia was rolling... Of course, though. I'm happy about that. Yeah. I'm happy somebody appreciated it. What are the MTV commercials? There's quite a few commercials of you guys on MTV. Yeah. Yeah. When Chromio roll into town, Chromio, I want to speak to Dave and P-Thug from Chromio winding up here. What sort of guest list do you guys demand? Well, it's very small. It's so very... Yeah. <laughs> we're really not, like, we're so easygoing. It's like 10 people, 15 people. Have you ever heard of any problems being with guest lists? For instance, I interviewed the band of Polyphonics, and there's like about 30 people in the band, you know, or even more. And if they put two guests on, have you ever heard any guest list problems at all? No. With no. any of your gigs? No. I don't think we've, we've ever even had problems. Chromio, what about ce soir en danse? What is ce soir en danse? means tonight we're dancing. Yeah. And it's like a compilation CD you guys put together? Yes, yeah, stuff we did between albums. We just did a little mix CD or whatever. And what label is that on? Is that on like a French label, a French Quebec label? No, 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 French from France label. And what sort of stuff is on there? And did any of it end up on your LP? Well, no, it's, it's, it's no. not original stuff. It's just, it's a mix of songs we like. And you are Chromie? Oh? In Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. And winding up here, lastly, Chromio, I wanted to ask you about a couple more records here. You don't want to talk too much about the guys, but these are guys that you... Yeah, these are guys... guys the, can talk about. This these is, are guys... No, these are guys you can talk about. What get to, let's go one by one through these. Uh, tell me first, who will you talk about? Any... Uh, hold on. 
Oh, man, any one of those. Okay, go ahead, Dave. What can you say? I, these are stuff you will talk about. Yeah. You won't talk about Spike Lee in Columbia, but what can you tell the people about The Zap? This you. is um, one of the great masters, Roger Troutman, the founder of Zap, which is later called Zap and Roger. Um, rest in peace. Yeah, rest in peace. Uh, master of the talk box, one of my idols. Another man that I could talk about. How is this particular album? What do you think of this particular album? Yeah, that's the first album, which is uh, produced by George Clinton and Bootsy Collins. And uh, that's like, you know, um, when Roger did his first hits, you know, More Bounce to the Ounce, All Right. Uh, what else is on there? Yeah. This is big time for the Chromeo, isn't it? The Zap. Yeah, this is huge. This gets you into a Chromeo gig. You bring that record to a Chromeo gig and it gets you into a guest This before a gig and, you know, this is what, you know, this is what I wake up to in the morning. Yeah. Now, over here, I brought this because this is Byron Davis and a fresh crew. And the reason I brought this is this is an example of Miami, the Miami sound, 1988. What do you think about how those guys are dressed up? That is pretty cool, isn't it? Yeah, it's good. It's good. But if you go to any one of our shows, people dress the same way. There's just a slight melanin difference on some kids. But, you know, it's that's great. Dave, you know a lot about rap. Why do people grab their crotch? What was the crotch grabbing in the 80s? What did that signify? I have no idea. I don't really know. I thought it was a baseball thing. <laughs> Does it happen at all at Chromeo gigs? Like, could that be a Chromeo crowd? Uh, yeah, it could we be. Wish. Yeah, yeah, could be. And in Bene sure they would appreciate our, mu our music. Yeah, yeah. 1988 Miami. How have your gigs been in Miami? Like you guys have played Miami. Only a few times. But only you've been to Miami. That's a, yeah, yeah. was it. Anything extra special at all? Nothing much. Nothing. It's just a fun place. We love going there. And right underneath that, we have, of course, Rick James, who spent a bit of time in Canada. With Neil Young, huh? Yes, in the band of Minor Birds. And Rick James' first band was the Sailors as well. And they were living together also. So have you guys had any sort of Rick James experience? What is the Rick James experience? Like, what came first, Rick James or Zap? Uh, Zap. For me, it's I like Rick James better, kind of. Um, you know, it's, it's very... He's a huge influence on us in terms of attitude and lyrical content and uh, approach to songwriting um, and aesthetics, like you were saying before. Um, we used to do a Rick James tribute at the end of every show. So, yeah, he's important. And last... This is a great cover. Yeah, it's terrific. It's amazing. And lastly, here we have Jazz. Yeah. What can you tell the people about Jazz? Well, Jazz, that was... He was really ahead of his time, like, as far as, like... Like... East Coast kind of lyricism. It was really good. He was Jay-Z's mentor. You know, they got beef now, which is kind of sad because um, he was kind of a, a real unsung hero in hip-hop. Um, what's cool is when you turn the record over, there he is, right there, Jay-Z. Yeah, because they had that song Hawaiian Sophie together. See that thing right here? Actually, if you if you buy the Hawaiian Sophie single, that's that's on the single as well. Except, there we have a very young Jay-Z there, right? Yeah, not that young. It's Jay-Z right now is very old. <laughs> But he was like, yeah, that, you know. What is very old? I don't know. I we're 35? I mean, we're knocking, we're knocking on 30, so we're, we're going to have to reevaluate that notion soon. <laughs> Chromio, I was mentioning a bit about the talk box, but I think what's really cool, you guys have talk box on stage, but Dave also sports the Flying V guitar. No, not anymore. Not anymore. No. But I've seen that occasionally. That's pretty yeah, neat. It's retired. Why, did you, why are you retiring the Flying V? We just did. 
But you said it with such uh, aggressiveness. Oh. What was the decision that brought around the retiringness of the fi Flying V? We're not aggressive at all. We're actually quite mournful. I had a, a clear Flying V, and it broke on a flight from um, Norway to London. And then from then on, I tried other guitars. I liked them better. It was kind of like, I don't know, we're done. You know, it's Chromio 2.0, flying V-less. <laughs> well, thanks much, Chromio. Anything else you want to add to the people out there at all? That's it. We're good, man. Everything's cool. Thank you for bringing these good, these dope records. Why should people care about Chromio? Why should people care? Because Chromio cares about them. All right. Well, thanks so much. What a perfect response. Well, thanks so much, Chromio. Keep on rocking in the free world and do 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 boom. <laughs> <laughs>
yo estoy cercando una tierra donde el amor es sincero, donde el silencio es profundo, echa la pache. to bread and honey What are we living for To lose a apartment on the second floor No money coming in The rent collectors not trying to get in We are strictly second class We don't understand hey, hey. People live in dead street People are dying a dead end street. Hey, hey. Upon a dying dead end street. Dead end street. Yeah. Dead end street.
following is a live presentation of CITR News. CITR 101.9 FM presents News 101, Vancouver's volunteer-produced student and community